In this episode of The Interface, I sit down with Dale Albert, Director of Strategic Accounts for Amphenol Military and Aerospace Operations. Dale is based out of New Hampshire and has been with Amphenol for over 20 years in a variety of sales and business development roles. We talk about his experience of living in Puerto Rico as a young boy and how that shaped him. We talk about our annual sales meeting and why it's so important for our teams to network and get to know each other. We talk about looking at salespeople as the quarterbacks of the company. We talk about his current role. And we also talk about the time in college where a screenplay he wrote got made into a short film. This is The Interface. I mean, if you want to sing, you can. No. No? No. Okay, fine. (laughs) So we are here, you and I are here in just outside of Phoenix, Arizona, uh, as we're going through our sales meeting week for 2020. And it was a good year for our group, at least in AMAO for the military and aerospace side. And you and I have been doing this for a number of years now, you a little bit longer than me, but still both of us have been going coming to these forever. What do you like most about coming to these meetings every year? Because it's a lot of work and it's a huge commitment, but what do you like most about it? Well, it, it is a lot of work. And I think the the thing I like the most is I get to reacquaint myself with a bunch of people that I really don't get to see on a regular basis. I mean, when you pull 250 people together from various countries and you bring them all together, the networking is just what is truly the value. Yeah. Um, in addition, you know, it's always great to refresh your um, your knowledge base about technologies and see some of the new products. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I've been with Amphenol 21 years, mm-hmm. a little over 21 years. And uh, truly, these people are friends. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's a great week. And uh, not to mention, we all get very energized about, you know, kicking off the, the, the new year mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, having another great, great year like we did last year. Yeah, yeah. It's always a good time. I mean, it's a tremendous amount of work for all of us. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it, the networking part is always is always my favorite part. And especially for someone you who really your career here has been in sales in one form or another over the years, whether it was with Teradyne, which you were part of before it became part of Amphenol. And what was that like, by the way? Working at Teradyne, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And then and then having a transition. Well, I, the cultures were 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 similar in the beginning, but yeah. you know, Teradyne was a very quality management focused, uh, and uh, you know, when when I came to Amphenol, it was really um, as part of the the backplane division, mm-hmm. uh, where I worked there about four or five years as the um, sales and marketing manager, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, it, it it felt like we were all entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very young in my twenties and I had a ton of responsibility. So I feel like, uh, in a very short amount of time, I gained so much experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that I, I probably would not have gotten at, um, you know, Teradyne. Yeah. So it was, you liked it. I loved but, it. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it's a lot it. of work though. Yeah. You know, when it was announced to me, it was very scary. Um, I actually had a lot of, uh, you know, coworkers, um, you know, say, oh, sorry, you might have made a bad, bad choice by joining the Mill Aero Group. But, you yeah. know, as as we all know, two years later, Amphenol went back and uh, acquired the whole connector yeah. division. And, uh, you know, their market 
uh, definitely changed in in those two years while you know the military market was was thriving. So yeah. I was able to you know actually hire some of those people at ABS, and yeah. uh, and then I saw them on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So what was that? When how did you first get into the the business, so to speak? I mean, was that your degree was in environmental engineering? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Like so, the rest of us, right? <laughs> that has almost nothing to do with with connector connector manufacturing or, or well, sales or anything. You know, I I went to WPI and mm-hmm. I went there undecided. And when I got there, I was asking, you know, what 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 are some of the toughest engineering areas and they said well you know electrical engineering uh aerospace engineering is really tough and i was like no no i want to be outside Mm. and that slowly got me to you know doing a civil engineering slash environmental engineering field which which when i graduated i did you know consulting engineering for a couple companies for for about three years before going back and doing my mba and uh you know lo and behold i'm doing uh you know electrical engineering stuff on aerospace platforms so it's uh and do you get outside enough (laughs) (laughs) i i get outside a lot because i'm traveling a lot and i'm on airplanes a lot all right i guess you know we'll we'll include that i guess with a caveat with an asterisk yeah (laughs) but it is outside you were telling me earlier how you where you grew up, or at least were born and raised a little bit in Puerto Rico too. Well, I wasn't born in Puerto Rico, but um, oh. I, w- I was born in uh, Lowell. Uh, okay, lived in Chelmsford till age five, and then um, my father, who worked for Millipore, he got transferred over to Puerto Rico, and uh, me and my brother, we grew up there from for five years, and then we um, got transferred back to New Hampshire, which I've been, you know, a New Hampshire native for you know most of my life. What was it like? going to Puerto Rico uh it was great I mean not to mention the weather was good but, yeah you know um I I went to a bilingual school I learned Spanish mm-hmm. uh I, I you know uh we were you know going to the you know the beaches and yeah. the golf all the time yeah uh, you know love the food yeah um, I haven't been back um I do plan to uh take my my kids back and mm-hmm. my wife and um, and actually, my brother and I are talking about a trip in the next couple of years to kind of go back and, and see that. Did did you? What was the best part of it for you? I mean, do you think it changed you as you then got older? Is there anything from? Because it's still kind of formative years from five to ten. I mean, is there anything from that where you think it changed your life moving forward? Even that young, being in, it's not a foreign country, but it's close. You know, um, even though it's a U.S. territory. But what was that like? Hmm, that's a that's an interesting question. I uh, and I know you don't have anything to gauge it against, so you don't know. It was just your life, but. right? Um, you know, I I think it um, opened my eyes to um, other cultures very quickly. Okay, you know, at a very yeah. young age, and you know, uh, got me interested in uh, you know learning another language, mm-hmm. um, which I'm encouraging my kids to also do. Yeah, regardless of what it is, and. Uh, um, yeah, and, I, and and not to mention we uh, we 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 built some unbelievable friendships mm-hmm. that I still have today. Oh, with, really? Uh, with 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 people, and same with my parents. Can you still speak Spanish well? Si, señor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can do that. <laughs> not well, you know. Span Spanish, um, like any language, you got to keep practicing yeah, it. Use it or lose so, it. So uh, yeah. it's gotten rusty. Yeah, 
But, okay. uh, you know, when I go on vacation and, you know, if we go to, you know, Dominican or wherever we go, uh, Cancun, you know, I, I try to just speak Spanish the whole yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, does it come back fairly quickly? It does. Or? It does. It's yeah. a little bit like riding a bike. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, you know, so you, you forget some of the words, but, um, you know, the effort is, is huge. Yeah. You know, when they see you putting in the effort, they, they yeah, like it. Uh, yeah. At least. Okay. All right. You know what? We'll speak English to you. You tried. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, uh, we can just have a conversation in English now because you're not, I don't understand a word you're saying in Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. So you're, I think I have to look and if I say this wrong, hopefully it's, you know, I apologize to whoever it was, but you're my first, what I would say, more of a true salesperson that I've had. Uh, even though your role isn't strictly like the, the, the classic sales engineer that we have, um, but someone who for a long time now, I mean, your job has been to go out and talk to customers all day, every day about Amphenol and try to help them solve problems and, and, and all that. Just from the perspective of sales, it takes a different personality to do that, right? Not everyone can do what you do. There's there's certain um, characteristics and traits that you have in your personality that make you good at it. Do you, what do you, how do you feel about that? Like, what do you like about sales? Uh, I look at sales and it's almost like the quarterback position mm -hmm. where you have to be involved in absolutely everything. Um, and uh, you got to make sure that you're driving, um, you know, the operations, you're, um, you know, uh, doing the, the, the customer facing, keeping up with technology, working mm -hmm. with the marketing teams. Uh, so I, I love that. Um, I, I'm kind of, you know, actually when I was going through college, uh, halfway through, I considered quitting engineering and I had an opportunity to go out to Hollywood with another guy and pursue <laughs> acting. Yeah. Um, but then I talked to my dad about it and he says, well, that would basically, uh, end my financial support for any college. So I changed real, real quick and didn't do that. And thank God I didn't. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, I, I, Anyone that knows me knows I, I like to be kind of, I'm, I'm fairly, I consider myself creative and I like to like yeah. to be on stage and, yeah. um, you know, I've little fun fact, I've DJ, uh, uh, for the past 25 years. That's kind yeah. of what I did, uh, to put myself through, to help put myself through school. And, um, I DJ corporate functions and weddings, but I also did, um, you know, uh, you remember star search Ed mm -hmm. McMahon. Mm -hmm. Well, back then we would have these really talented singers and I would run, you know, the audio and, you know, mix the background music, you know, do the mic, uh, the, the mic, the, the reverb, the whole thing, basically, yeah. you know, do some audio production right on the fly. Yeah. And I love that. So, yeah. um, I mean, tying it back to sales, I kind of feel, you know, you're, you're the you're the person on on the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, it makes sense, and you have to have an outgoing personality. You can't be shy and introverted if you're going to be in a position like you are. Um, you have to be um, uh, forward, aggressive, but not too aggressive. Um, but yeah, you're right. You have to kind of check everything just to make sure that at the end of the day, we're satisfying that customer for. The company that you're working for, which yeah. is Amphenol, so um, I could see how you, yeah, kind of the point guard, yep, the and, quarterback, and, yeah. and you know you need to be social and you right. need to 
really be interested. I, I mean, that's what I love. I love talking to customers and talking about their business and understanding more about their products and, uh, and then eventually peeling back, you know, what's the problem and then finding, you know, the fit of where we can provide a solution. Yeah. So that's my favorite part of my job. Do you have uh, a favorite, like what's your best, when you think about, um, like, uh, the big successes that you've had, like instances with sales calls or, or customers and, and you don't have to necessarily give specifics, but do you remember like one that if you always thought of like the one, the time where I really hit a home run with this? Uh, well, I, I would probably put it um, to the 787 program. Okay. I, uh, you know, after I worked in the backplane division for four or five years, I got an opportunity to take on a global program management role when, right. you know, the 787 was actually 7E7, right. and we did a lot of workshops with Boeing and the uh, sub-tiers. And, uh, you know, my job was was basically to try to drive a successful pipeline and maximize our, our, our content on that aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, if uh, not to get into the numbers, but, you know, it, it was rather successful and yeah. it's uh, really helped our growth, uh, you know, up to today. What was some of the challenges of that? I mean, because I remember that with you too, but what were some of the, like the big challenges with doing all that? Because that was the first time um, that in my time I saw us do that level of effort on a, on a major uh, program, if you will. What was the big challenges for you? I think, I think the biggest challenge was um, really just developing those relationships with a wide variety of customers. you know, when you start to map it out and you find, oh, well, the decision maker is not really necessarily Boeing, it's it's these guys and we've never even dealt with them. It just opened up like new accounts for us. And you had it quickly because th- th- this program ran at a rapid pace and you had to quickly get in there and establish yourself and educate them about Amphenol and, and, and try to, you know, get in early, early and often is what I always say. Mm-hmm. So I think that was that was probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, and that was a, a unique program at the time too, because as you kind of already alluded to, Boeing placed a lot of the responsibilities off to the um, the, the the second tier, the second level uh, manufacturers and contractors for that program. So there's multiple parts of that aircraft, and and those companies had responsibility for it, not ultimately Boeing who oversaw everything. So that's where. It made your job a lot tougher. Yeah, and uh, you know, in the middle of that, we had one of our floods, and oh, that right. crippled us yeah. uh, from an ability to to deliver for a l- period of time. And right. uh, you work so hard to get, you know, those prototype orders, and if you don't deliver them, and um, you know, you may not get that follow on business, which is, uh, you know, that's that's what you really want. Yeah, you know, that's where the hard work pays off. So now as Director of Strategic Accounts, one of three in the uh, military and aerospace group. Describe your role, like what you do now. What's your what's your job? So our customers are getting larger and larger, and they're starting to you know have some major acquisitions. And as they get bigger, um, and we get bigger um, with more divisions. Uh, you know, an important role of my job is to help the customer navigate through who's who at mm-hmm. Amphenol, who mm-hmm. to go to, where the technology lies, um, and also to try to um, not necessarily leverage, but um, take 
a relationship that we might have in one division and try to use that to pull in some uh, other products that we may not be uh, doing so well at. Um, I mean, in addition, you know, establishing, you know, contracts, uh, being a senior level point of contact, developing mm -hmm. those senior level relationships. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's all, you know, a big part of the role. You mentioned leveraging between the Amphenol divisions, you know, in years past, that wasn't always the easiest task. No. <laughs> um, you know, it, because, because of that entrepreneurial spirit, like you're talking about, you know, the, each business is its own business and there's, um, you know, sometimes they don't, I don't want to say have to play nice, but you know, they, they have to come to an agreement and it wasn't always easy, but it seems, and you tell me because you have to deal with it way more than I do. It seems like, especially since we formed this group, at least in the military and aerospace side, it's gotten a lot better at that over the last few years. A absolutely. And I, yeah. I, I think the customers really appreciate, I mean, our customers for a while had been asking, Hey, look, I really need one point of contact when, you know, I need to elevate. Uh, so, you know, we have uh, 15 accounts where, you know, split up, uh, among the three of us. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we are, you know, their first call. And uh, it, it, it's good because, um, you know, it, it stream, streamlines the escalation path and, uh, um, you know, enables us to, you know, um, engage with the various general managers and, you know, uh, resolve whatever situation it is. How often do you still have to get um, fairly advanced at a high level as far as technologies and products that we have? Well, I'm constantly refreshing myself yeah. on, on uh, products. Um, you know, we have so many products that, I mean, you can be an expert in certain ones, but it, it's, it's very difficult even after 20-something 20, 20 years to, to be an expert in all products. Uh, so I think the key is just knowing who your experts are within the company mm -hmm. and having a good relationship with them and being able to call them right at the right time and pull them in. Yeah. And I, it, I don't try to pretend like I know something that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. And because it's better to just, just say, look, you know what? I'm not sure, but I know the, the, the guy or the woman right. that is the expert in this and I can, I can have them on the phone in, in a couple minutes if you give me a chance. Yeah. That's always been the, the tricky part, but I'm sure you guys, you, you guys navigate it well, which is good. How often do you guys collaborate between the three of you? I mean, we're, we talk constantly all the time, mm -hmm. uh, even though we have different accounts, you know, similar, similar strategies. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, we were very instrumental as, as in, in being part of the sales organization, um, and, and working with the various salespeople. Um, and, uh, yeah, Brad, Dave, and I, I mean, we, we, we make a good team. And, you know, I think this is a position that, you know, you can't be with Amphenol for one or two years and then, you know, move into a role like this. Because, Agreed. Yeah. Um, you know, it, uh, I, I think the strength that uh, Brad, Dave, and I have is we just, we, we know a lot of people and we've been around for a long, long time. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with that. And it's funny because, you know, knowing the three of you guys, you, Brad Wolf and Dave McCure, your contemporaries, Three very different guys. Different styles. Different, totally different styles, yes. Um, radically different styles in, in some cases. But you still are both, uh, all three of you are all kind of equally successful, but you get there in completely different ways, which is kind of awesome. I mean, and, and, you, and you set great examples, too, for the rest of the sales team here, at least in, in the military and aerospace side, 
and with these young people. And here we are at this sales meeting with a ton of new people that we have, and they get to see, you know, what you guys have built. And because it's really, you know, it started with the foundation years ago, and you've now built this up to be this thing. Um, that's got to be satisfying yeah. for you guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, this is the third year in yeah. that role for, for me. Um, and, uh, and I really like it. I really like it. Yeah. You know, um, like anything, uh, when you build relationships, it takes time and, yeah. um, you know, uh, you right now we're starting to see, uh, in year three, some really good payback on, you know, the, the, um, time that we've invested in establishing some of those key relationships. So you've been a sales person for a long time now, I'm sure, because I know a lot of you guys do have like these funny, crazy stories about just these wacky sales calls that you've made over the years. Is there one that comes to mind for you, you know, without getting anyone in trouble or naming names that that you would share? Yeah, well, I, I won't mention the customer, but um, this customer was in Chihuahua, Mexico. Okay. And uh, I do remember going down there uh, for um, an issue that we were having, some delivery and quality issue. And I'm I'm sitting in the conference room, and of course, they're talking a lot of Spanish, mm -hmm. you know, not thinking that I really understand anything. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I understood everything that they were saying, but I didn't lead on to that. And yeah. then, you know, uh, the meeting went on, and uh, we broke for lunch. And, you know, that's when you have some downtime to get to know your customer a little bit better. And yeah. I, I told them how I grew up in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And uh, the first thing they said is, do you speak Spanish? And I started to speak Spanish with them. And then they looked at me and they said, did you understand everything we were saying in that meeting earlier? And I said, yes. And they were <laughs> totally embarrassed. Well, what oh, were they, they saying? They, they, were kind of, they, were, they were basically just kind of trashing us and, okay. you know. These guys are pathetic and, you know, just, it just, <laughs> just, uh, you know, and it was a frustrating time, yeah. um, which we resolved and we still have a superb relationship with this, this customer. So yeah, things worked out, but that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that was an interesting one for yeah, me. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. So you have the sales stuff now you're doing good. You got the director of strategic accounts, um, and you seem to be pretty comfortable with what you're doing right now, which is great when you're not working. What are some of the things you like to do when you're not working? Well, I, I love to ski. Okay. Um, and I am trying to learn guitar. I'm not very well. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I'm i really into lacrosse. Watch my son. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be, um, I've always wanted to actually at some point write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's definitely something on my bucket list. And, yeah. and this kind of goes back to when I was in high school, I started a short story, mm -hmm. um, and, and it was about the Vietnam wall and, you know, the memorial, and yeah. these, these two soldiers that met, um, the, the story was called the glass wall of Vietnam and they met at the wall and, you know, they had some conversations and anyways, they, they, it turns out that one of the guys had saved the other guy's life and you know, they oh. didn't recognize each other. It was, it was really awesome. cool. But yeah. when I, when I got to the WPI, I took a humanities sufficiency, uh, in drama mm -hmm. and, uh, I submitted, um, I took that story and I made a, a screenplay out of it oh, and, that's awesome. um, you know, it got submitted 
And then it got approved. And what they do is they select, you know, just a handful and then they cast it. They assign a director. And um, I saw this thing totally come to life with explosions on stage and everything. And I mean, I was I was the screenplay writer, but uh, that was that that was really a high point in my life. Yeah. It was like a short film, a long film. Yeah. Yeah. It it was uh, maybe like a 30 minute, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't really a film. It was actually, you know, a live performance. That's yeah. I, you know, having done things like that, it's incredibly satisfying to see something that you create. It's 100% your creation and you see it come to life. And yeah, it's a, it's a power trip. I mean, it is, yeah, you feel like the king of the world when you, when you do something like that. Do you still try to seek that out? Is that why you're trying guitar now? Like maybe you write your own music or something? No, gosh. Um, (laughs) I mean, do you still try to find that kind of creative outlet? Yeah. 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 Um, And, and the DJing has been that creative outlet for me for, for quite a while. Um, And, you know, I'm thinking, do I maybe write? a new story or maybe take that and actually elaborate on it and, mm-hmm. you know, write a book out of it. So. Yeah. Well, you should. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I like it. I mean, it's nothing to lose. You just sit down and start writing. It's going to stink right. at first. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the process. And then you find, refine it, refine it, refine it. It'll be good. Yeah. No, I, you've done some of that, haven't you? Yeah. 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 You're a good writer. Thank yeah. You. I mean, you're, you're creative all around. I mean, th- these podcasts have been, I- I've listened to almost every single one of them and they've been, they've been great. Well, thank so, you. Thank you. You're, you're totally in your element. All right. Thank you. We're not interviewing <laughs> me. We're interviewing you, but thank you. I appreciate that. So what do you see now as we just get into 2020? We're here. This gives us a chance as we're here in, in lovely Phoenix, Arizona to review where we've been and then where we're going to. Um, as a business, but what about Dale Albert? What do you see as far as where you may want to be, you know, maybe without ratting yourself out too much, but what do you envision as you progress here and AF and all over the next couple well, of years? What I, do you want to do? I mean, I, I love uh, being in the sales yeah. sales field yeah. uh, and the sales management. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly, we constantly have new, new people coming in, uh, which um, need mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, in, I, I've educated myself on some pro- professional sales training, which yeah. uh, I enjoy sharing that and almost trying to teach other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, over the next five years, I see myself, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, in, you know, assisting to drive this this sales force, which, yeah. um, you know, now is really driving a lot of sales for, for yeah. the overall company. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. I know you're having a good time, so. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course yeah. you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good. Well, listen, I won't I won't hold you up anymore, but I thank you for, for joining me No, today. my pleasure. I'm glad you asked me. My yeah. first podcast. Well, good. So. Yeah, it might be the, the first of many. We'll see. Or, my, or the last. Eh, maybe that, too. <laughs> <laughs> thank thanks, you, Chris. Thanks again.